Welcome to the Team of a Lifetime show. This podcast is all about helping you propel your team's performance to an extraordinary level. I'm Sally Love, your host of the Team of a Lifetime show. Tune in as my expert guests and I tackle the tough challenges teams have to overcome to achieve success. You'll get insight, powerful proven practices, and the inspiration you need to lead effectively, build an amazing team culture, and deliver results that people didn't even believe were possible. Let's get started. I'm joined by Bing Oliver. Bing is founder of Peak Coaching, and his work is focused on empowering teams to get great results in business and helping team members get their life back. The topic of our conversation today is about vision and specifically how crucial it is for individuals and teams who want to achieve a high-level performance to have a clear and inspiring vision for their future. Rallying your team around a meaningful vision may just be a turning point in your team's performance. Bing, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I would like to start with how did you get to where you are and what did vision have to do with getting you where you are today? Well, thank you, Sally. It is so great to be here with you. I love the roads that we walk and sometimes get to join up on and talk about our own visions and how we're getting where we're going. And I'm grateful to be on the show today. It's really exciting. My story is that I'm the executive, uh, the lead executive coach for executive leaders, Peak Coaching. I'm the founder of that company. And the way that I got here and what this has to do with vision is that I've, I've had really three major themes of vision in my life. There was a, a long season where I had vision and I had never experienced not being able to achieve the visions that I had you know, come hell or high water, I was going to make it happen. And then I had a season where um, I just had no vision. It was a, a difficult, dark time. And I couldn't, you know, see, barely see my toes. And then that led into a season where once again, I began to be able to see off into the distance and make things happen. But I, and this is a season I'm in now where I'm embracing holding vision loosely so I have a clear, compelling vision. It moves me and my team towards, but we also recognize that there might even be something better and we don't want to hold on to that too tightly, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes great sense. And I think it's interesting too that you have experienced different seasons of vision and I'm sure that helps you um, when you're leading teams to discover their vision. So yes. that's that's kind of where I'd like to go right now is when you start working with a team and they're interested in becoming a high performance team and you mention to them, well, you need a vision or you ask them, what is your vision? That's really my question. Where do you start when a team says that they want to become a high performance team? Well, um, you know, just like I have had different experiences, everybody views vision a little differently. And um, I think that a lot, oftentimes in working with executive leadership teams, this, this issue of vision can seem to be more complicated or more specialized than, it, than I think it is. Um, so we have this conception that it's for 
the um, high 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 visibility um, sage on the stage. The um, so maybe like the C suite vision is for the C suite maybe. Yeah, it, this is a person who has a lot of following, a lot of charisma, a lot of clout, um, and, which is true. But I don't think that it is limited um, to just that crowd. And so I've coined a phrase called everyday vision. And I think that this, I think everyday vi- being an everyday visionary is something that all of us can and do practice. So what are some examples of being an everyday visionary? Well, this first came to clear to me about two years ago. No, it was a year ago. Gosh, it seems two years ago. It was actually this time of year, and I was sitting down talking with a junior leader in a restaurant, a shift leader. And, um, you know, she's at an hourly rate and in a middle management in a restaurant, and I made some assumptions, which I shouldn't have, that maybe this was a person that if I asked them about their vision, that they would look at me and go, what are you talking about? You know, I just kind of do my life and I don't really have a vision. And, and that was my mistake. Um, uh, she, I, I, I sort of took a deep breath and I said, uh, her name's Kim. Kim, you know, if I asked you before we start making plans for your coming year, what your vision is, you know, what, where, where do you see yourself in the future? What's your peak? What would you say? And I, I took a big breath because I thought she was just going to look at me like I was crazy. And she lit up, Sally. Her face really? was animated. And, and she said, you know, can I just tell you about this? And I said, sure. Now I'm really interested. And she said, you know what I really want to do? I want to make a plan and I want to, Move to Orlando, and I want to work at Disney. It's always been my dream to work at Disney. And um, I thought, well, this is interesting because um, it's all the ingredients that you would expect to find in vision. It, it was, it was uh, clear. Um, it was specific. We later talked about a time frame. She was looking at five years, which I was grateful because I didn't want her boss to kill me. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and, and it was, you know, it was compelling. It was easy to communicate. It got others, me, excited. It made it easy for her to enlist my help and she could enlist the help of others. And it, and it also, this other quality that it has is, is it could be completed. And then, so once that's done and, and she is living in that, in that preferred future that she has, she can look back and remember a time when it was a dream and she made it happen um, by following a pretty simple process. So what I'm hearing you say is that when an individual has a vision, it inspires them, it motivates them to do things that will help them move towards that vision. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and the reason I think that this is very much more common than we think it is, is we all do it. So um, I know you recently took a vacation, but sometime in the past, you and your family probably started talking about your vacation and then you decided where it was going to be and when it was going to be and you made a budget and you decided who you were going to invite and you started telling them and they got excited and they got involved in the plans. And then the vacation happened and you look back and mission accomplished. So I think it's, this is just a simple pattern of 
you know, seeing a preferred future, making a plan, engaging others, starting to take steps, and then seeing it realized. Let's look at the flip side of that. What are the consequences? What are the impacts of not having a vision? I think there's two things. One is, what if I don't have a vision? And, and that really is probably rooted in, in some kind of stuckness. Um, maybe I've never thought about that I should have a vision. Um, maybe as just a personality, I'm not the kind of person that particularly cares about that. Or I just don't really think anybody wants to hear it or I don't think I can do it. There's usually some kind of stuckness there for that person. The other question related to this is why don't people express vision? And I, you know, I could imagine um, this person with the, the Disney World story saying, you know, what's the point? Or will this ever happen? Or this is just for me. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, once you express that, two, two things engage when you express your vision. One is your subconscious mind kicks into gear. And, you know, I'd ask the audience, and I think I've asked you this before, Sally, have you ever just woken up with the answer to something that you've been puzzling over? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and how, how does that occur? Your, your subconscious mind, when you set a clear intention about what you want a preferred future to look like, your subconscious mind starts working away on that. And there's this tension. I, I do a visual, but you can imagine this. If you had a bungee cord in between your hands and you separated your hands and stretched that bungee cord out, your left hand could represent where you are and your right hand could represent where you want to be. And the tension between those two things has to resolve. So that's why your, your subconscious mind will begin to move towards solutions because it wants to resolve this tension between your, your present and your future. The other thing that happens when you express vision is that you enlist the help of others. There's, there's nothing like some people love to help right? Yeah, and that that is so true. People love to help other people. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and, and we love to feel like we're smart, you know, we contributed a smart idea, or we know smart people, or we have smart ideas, or we have a cool gadget. So, as soon as you start talking about your dream, and you have to be able to do this with safe people, of course, that's another topic that we could talk about. But, um, but once you start doing that, if you look around people that genuinely have your best interest at heart, they're going to start saying, hey, I need to introduce you to so-and-so who works at Disney. Really? You would do that? You know, and then you're on, before you know it, you're on a phone call with this hiring person at Disney who thinks you're amazing and you're, you know, or, hey, probably you're going to have to start making a savings plan. Have you ever considered budgeting? Try out this budgeting app. And people just, they step up and they start giving you the resources that you need to make your dream happen. And um, between your subconscious mind and other people, you barely have to actually do anything <laughs> yourself. <laughs> it's not exactly true, but it, 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 makes the, it makes it a downhill run versus a stuckness or an uphill climb. Okay, so we've been talking about why an individual needs to have a vision. What about a team, a group of people working together? Because I know you work with a lot of teams. So why do they need to have a vision? Yeah, these are great questions. I love this. There's a couple of reasons. One is people want to be a part of something meaningful and important and a part of a winning team, you know. And so many times in a business, 
we, we do things like, well, I paid you, so you need to show up with your best. And, and people just don't do that. They, they show up for the paycheck if, you know, and they just show up. But if you really want all they've got to offer, you've got to engage them at a deeper level. So I, I teach stuff from the world of lean manufacturing, which is another topic. But one of the things we talk about is one of the biggest wastes in an organization is the untapped potential of your people, their ideas. And one of the ways to pull them out of that is to engage them in a compelling, simple vision that they can hold on to and get excited about. So that's important. Um, the other reason that vision is important is you could potentially be tapping into the very likely could be tapping into tremendous potential and ideas of people and they're all pulling in different directions. So if you could imagine goal as a business, you know, so say it's a sales goal. And is, if that was an object, a uh, weight that you were trying to move towards a preferred future, if everybody is pulling really hard, but in different directions, where's that going to go? Trick question, nowhere. Whereas if we bring everybody around to the same side of this weight, this uh, rock or whatever, and by having a shared vision, hey, we're all going towards this sales goal and we're in common agreement about the path we're going to take to get there, then all of a sudden, not only do we start moving rapidly towards our goal, but it's actually easier for everybody because we're all pulling together. And I see this happen all the time. I mean, it's amazing how once everybody's clear, it's just like a flipping a light switch about how rapidly people start moving towards goal achievement. Because the, the thing is, they were already they were already putting effort in. There's no lack of effort. It's just we're getting it lined up. So the vision needs to be in alignment then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So do you ever run into resistance to teams when you start working with them? Do they ever say, oh, we don't need a vision. That's just too um, nebulous for us. We just need to get down and get to work. You ever hear resistance um, like that or some other type of resistance? I don't know that anybody's ever been that transparent about it, but I can see it. And it comes across with things like, I'd love to talk with you about that, but I'm busy. And Sally, I've shown you this before. I have, Maybe we could put this in the show notes. I have a picture of some cavemen pulling a, a cart of rocks with square wheels and a round wheel salesman comes along and, and wants to sell them some round wheels to make their work easier. And they say, no, thanks. We're busy. You know, we don't have time to stop the the pulling the square wheeled cart full of rocks to change for round wheels because we're too busy. And and that's common, you know, and, and I get it. I mean, it's the same in my business. Like, you know, everybody's come, I can't tell you how many times a day somebody comes along with a better solution for how I can run my business. And, and, and you have to select that out. But I, I just happen to think that that vision is one of those things that just makes things flow easier. But yeah, it's a good question. I think there's a lot of, just resistance to stopping and looking off into the future. It's, we're always dealing with, with fires. Yeah, that's true. So how often does a team or an individual, for that matter, need to create a new vision? Or do you create one and you keep it forever and ever? You, you need a new one when you finish the one you're on. We talked about a vacation. You know, when you've taken your vacation and you need a new vacation, then it's time to create a new vision. In the same way in a business, when you've accomplished and celebrated reaching 
a new level of accuracy or a sales goal or profitability or customer service score or whatever. It's in the nature of business that really great businesses are continually improving. So you always want to take to the next. And in my company, we call it peak because it's based on mountain climbing ideas. So, you know, another way of answering your question is once you've summited your peak, you know, if you're hungry for another one, it's time to pick a new peak. Do you ever find that people or teams try to set a vision that they, that's real close, that they're real sure they're going to accomplish it rather than something that's a little farther out and maybe a little more challenging to reach? I, the people that I work with, I, I rarely see anybody biting off something too small. Usually the problem is it's too big and it's not that the, the high, it's that the peak is too high. It's that we're trying to climb four different peaks at the same time. So we benefit by working in quarters and saying, you know, what's the peak we're going to climb this quarter and then this quarter and this quarter. So instead of thinking of climbing four peaks in one year, we're going to climb four peaks one quarter at a time. And I think you've even used a graphic, if we could maybe describe that here, a graphic where when you're climbing one peak, when you're climbing that mountain, um, you can't necessarily see the other mountains behind it. Am I getting that right, Bing? I had somebody recently tell me, where were they? Central America. And they said they saw this ridge of really, really high mountains. And the guide who was with them said, well, you should see what the next row looks like when you get to the top of those. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So uh, I think there's always something bigger and better. And, uh, but I do want to put, I, I, I want to, to pause a minute and talk about the importance of celebration, if I could. I know this is a little different, but it's, I think it's really important. Oh, I would love for you to talk about that. Yeah, because so in business, the way that we succeed and get ahead and keep our job and get the next level promotion or whatever, you know, get or scale our business grow is by having this really high level of dissatisfaction with status quo. So, so what I've been a part of many teams where, I mean, you literally have barely got one foot on the summit before the boss is going, yeah, okay, that was great, but what's next? And that's really good for continuous improvement and for pure business. It really stinks for life and for morale and for engaging a team, and for a long-term growth. And so what we need to do is we need to stop for a moment and take a picture at the peak and high-five and post it on social media and climb back down and go to a restaurant and celebrate and get a good night's sleep, you know? (laughs) And the way that looks in a business is, you know, you probably, if you're the executive leader, probably all you want to do is take the next peak. Your team needs to celebrate. They need to know that you're pleased with their progress. They need to know that this was enough for today. And what that will do is build their confidence in taking the next peak. Yeah, because they really do need to savor the success because that's going to give them fuel and energy for the next peak that the executive wants them to accomplish. Yeah, you literally are sort of planting a flag in their subconscious. So when they begin to encounter new problems that they've never encountered before, you can reference back and say, hey, guys, how many challenges have we already completed? And the answer is all of them. 
And so you want to really get that deeply embedded in your people's psyche that we, we get stuff done. And if, if you're just constantly pushing to the next thing, it doesn't really sink in. Yeah, and so I think then that's when people start to disengage and they become disenfranchised with their job and with the company they're working for. Would you yeah. agree with that? And for your listeners, I hope that all of you are beating these odds. If you're not, if you're not doing something really special, two out of every 10 people that work for you are actively disengaged. So they are actually an enemy within the gates, which is a bigger risk than a competitor or anything external. Five uh, out of the 10 are just sort of active. They're engaged, but not actively. So they're showing up and only three out of 10 are actively engaged in your, your vision. And so we want to do things, and this is part of it, that will help you beat that average. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is First, having the vision, establishing the vision, encouraging that vision and keeping your team focused on it, and then celebrating the accomplishments along the journey. Those are all ways to improve the engagement of the team members. Absolutely. And we did not touch on keeping it alive. So let me just say a word about that. Every single thing that you can do. First off, make it really simple and compelling. And if you can, include a picture. Make it a meme. One sentence and a meme. Two sentences and a meme. And then put it everywhere and on everything. Start your communications talking about it. In your communications talking about it. Put it on posters. Put, you know, give them a, something that they can download as a screensaver on their phone. Send them a postcard at home. I mean, anything you can do to keep it in front of people. That's your job. They're, they'll do everything else if you will keep them oriented to this vision. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that you, um, you help people do that. You help them create an image with this one sentence or these two sentences that really capture the vision. Yes. What's an example of a team that you have worked with, I mean, if you think back on all these teams you've worked with, what's a success story where people did what we've just talked about? They, they had a vision, they kept it alive, and they celebrated it along the way. Let me give you two. A current situation is a restaurant that I'm working with. They created a simple one-sentence vision about how they will Im- improve the lives of their customers. I don't remember the exact statement, but it was one sentence. And then they, they selected a photo to go with it. They created a poster. They put that up. And then from what they learned about that, they then created a scorecard with a target and numbers on it, like a, like a dartboard. And every day they put a dot on that dartboard and that keeps, that lets them know how they're doing with their score. And so both of these are very simple. They're right in front of everybody where everybody sees it every day. The other example is I was working with a furniture company last year and they decided that they wanted to be a fortress. That was their word for um, their employees and, and, a, and in a sense, kind of a fortress for their community, a place where you could come that would feel safe when you're, when you're shopping with them. So they created an image around fortress and then we created some statements around their vision and we had that put on their meeting wall in a, um, 
like a die cut, like it's permanent. It looks really, really professional. And so they're constantly being reoriented to their values. A little different than vision, but it is visionary in that it is simple and keeping it right in front of you. The restaurant is experiencing some really significant improvements in profitability because that's what they were focused on this year. And then the furniture company experienced some really significant uh, sales growth as a result of their focus. Wow, those are great stories. And what I would love for our listeners to take away from that is that anybody can be an everyday visionary. And if you are leading a team, if you're an executive, you need to take time out to create a vision for your team. Yes. One other question. Does the executive or the leader create the vision or do they do it in collaboration with their team members? I think that the the heart and the passion of the vision is generally going to come from the executive leader or the founder. They're going to, it's going to be a big part of their personality. However, people want to be a part of not just creating the work, but also the, the direction and the vision that they're going. So I would, I would say it would be analogous to, you know, I take me and some friends to Colorado and we go to the front range. So we're narrowing down and then we have three peaks and I say, Hey guys, which one do you want to tackle first? Hmm. Um, and the, the reason this is important is that, you know, there's a saying that says people don't like change. We've all heard that Sally, especially in both of our work as consultants and coaches, you know, that's, that's what we do is try to get people to change. Right. But somebody recently told me that, it's not that people don't like change. They don't like being changed. They don't like change being done at them, if you will. So the more that we can involve people in the creation of this vision, the more they're going to say, hey, that's our vision. And then you don't have to spend as much time and energy getting people bought in and explain. If they're part of creating it, they'll help you propagate the vision, if you will. Yeah. Okay, so any other last comments that you would like to make about vision? Um, anything else you'd like to share with the listeners about vision? Yeah, just don't make it hard. I think that the tendency might be to want it to be perfect. And I think an imperfect vision that is being pursued in as a team would be better than a perfect vision sitting on a shelf somewhere. If this topic interests you, I would put a couple hours to a half day on your calendar. The place that you work on this is really important. So I would, I would start off by going off. And if you've never done this before, I'd go off and spend some time just journaling about what you would like your preferred future to look like. If you're a little bit more comfortable, you know, set up a time with your team between now and the beginning of next year to do a vision exercise and, and just whiteboard, you know, what, what could next year look like? But I, either way, don't make it too hard and, and go ahead and commit. I, again, you know, I think that's something that you and I both have talked a lot about this year, Sally, is, you know, by committing and telling people, hey, I'm going to have a vision statement in the next three weeks, <laughs> you know, that kind of pulls you out of perfectionism. Yeah, it sure does. And, and I love the fact that you brought up doing something between now and the end of the year, because I've discovered that it's a human phenomenon that at the beginning of a year, we have, we have renewed energy to take on things. So what better time to figure out what the 2021 vision is going to be than between now and the end of the year? Yes, yes, 
Thank you so much, Bing. I always love talking with you, and I'm really grateful that you were on the podcast today to talk about this very important topic, vision. Thank you so much, Sally. As we wrap up today, will you do something for me? Will you share this episode with somebody else so that they can benefit from it too? And if you're really serious about creating an exceptional team, just reach out to me at sallyloveinspires.com and we'll talk about how my team success formula can help you transform your team into the team of a lifetime. I'll be back with another episode soon. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you don't miss those future episodes.